747 on the Crosstalk on WIZM. Here's the headline that caught my attention. The first clinical trial in the United States of a possible coronavirus treatment is underway in Nebraska, eventually expected to include 400 patients at 50 locations worldwide. Will it work? Yeah, time will tell, I guess, how much time. That's part of uh, the uh, part of the conversation I wanted to have with Gunderson Lutheran's Dr. Raj Nike virus treatment test underway. Doctor, good morning. Thanks for talking with us. Uh, is this something to be enthusiastic about? Um, thanks, Mike. Um, yeah, I think that um, there's a there's a process that has to occur when you have the potential for something like this coronavirus, which the concerns are about something called a pandemic, which would be a worldwide outbreak of a previous disease that um, we haven't really seen. And so there's, in this process where they're trying to fast track the uh, experiments and the research to try to get, in this case, an antiviral to market, I think it is important um, to understand that this is, you know, not the typical situation, but a situation that arises because of the potential risks of this disease. So, you know, I think it's um, uh, good that we have a process in place that can fast-track some research when uh, potential outbreaks or pandemics occur. Regular flu, and I hate to categorize all other flus as regular flu, people in the United States die of the flu by the hundreds, by the thousands, every single year. How is COVID-19 different and so much more deadly? Yes, this is a great um, point. And actually, there's the, and it's a great comparison to think about flu. Flu, including the seasonal flu, the one that we see every year, uh, kills about thirty to 40,000 people in this country every year. Um, Ooh, just say but, that again, just so that we keep this. Right now it hasn't killed anybody in the United States, but regular flu kills 30,000 people every year in the United States. Absolutely, and that's, that's the highlight. The concern about this virus, though, and why it's um, getting a lot of attention is that this could be more similar potentially to what people would call pandemic flu. Pandemic flu happens when there's the big mutations in the virus such that um, most people don't have any immune response to it. Um, You can think of some of the historical pandemic flu situations like the Spanish flu in 1918 where there were 50 million worldwide deaths, and that's when uh, the population was much lower in the world, so that was about 5% of the world's population. Um, So seasonal flu is a huge problem. Pandemic flu is a bigger problem. And not to say that this coronavirus is going to be that, but that's what the concerns are, um, is that when you have a novel or new virus that people haven't really seen before, is that um, it could spread uh, to so many more people that don't have immune response. And that's why Um, They're um, trying to fast-track things like antiviral treatment or vaccines if they can develop them uh, to help protect people. So it's a theoretical concern now, um, but that's that's the difference between them. But um, your point is very important, which is that seasonal flu kills 30 to 40,000 people in this country every year. So our current risks, um, you know, you have to put it in perspective and think, 
hey, we have tools to help prevent seasonal flu. We should be taking advantage of them. Well, and why is it that uh, the tools that could prevent that seasonal fuel, uh, f- flu are sort of hit and miss? And this uh, coronavirus treatment may, if, if it works, let's assume it does, is very specific and developed in a very short period of time. Why can't flu virus or vaccines for the regular flu be developed quickly and just like this? Well, the actual seasonal flu vaccine is made year to year, and uh, the effectiveness um, varies from year to year because they have to forecast from one year to the next in terms of what strains they think are going to circulate. There are minor mutations or changes that occur to the flu virus every year, and um, there's some prognostication that has to happen uh, to try to uh, put in strains into the vaccine that they think are going to be most effective. The effectiveness can vary anywhere from 20 up to upwards of 65, 70, 80 percent. But when they talk about effectiveness of flu vaccine, they're talking about in terms of complete uh, prevention of infection. Um, even if it doesn't completely prevent infection, you may have lesser disease. So some of the media reporting about the effectiveness is not really giving the full picture. Um, that being said, um, when we talk about the, the new um, novel coronavirus, they're, they're using um, their uh, uh, information about an antiviral that's been used against other coronaviruses and has had some effectiveness. How effective this antiviral treatment is for this new novel coronavirus remains to be seen. That's what this new research um, at University of Nebraska is going to be all about. How long will it take? How long does this kind of research before they have concrete results, or at least firm? (laughs) Well, so in a normal process, it actually takes years of research and development. Um, But in the fast-track process, they try to um, shorten that timeline. Um, There's actually, I think, four different pathways that the FDA has um, when there's something that needs to be fast-tracked because of the potential importance. In this case, um, you know, it would be fast-tracked because of this potential for this, you know, broader uh, pandemic. So the timeline still varies. They have to test, you know, the dosage range and look for side effects and, um, and uh, also for effectiveness. So, um, so it's going to still take um, some time in terms of the specific timeline to this study um, you know, it's, it's going to take still many months um, uh, to get uh, effective results. And in those many months, we'll go in the United States from, uh, from one uh, person who I understand the United States had one COVID-19 sufferer who uh, contracted and is now disease-free, is cured. Uh, it, I don't so the, the others that have it in the U.S. were brought here from from cruise ships in Japan and so forth. If they're kept isolated, then uh, we hope to keep COVID-19 well within uh, the, the fences, right? Yeah, short of having uh, effective medications or vaccines, the control measures do consist of um, things like, um, you know, identify identification, isolation, um, contact control measures. And so um, in the absence of medications and vaccines, uh, we're depending on those public health measures to um, help control 
the um, spread of infection. I'm guessing a lot more fist pumping and a lot less hand shaking is going to start happening worldwide until uh, COVID-19 is uh, under control. And in the United States, uh, the plan at the moment is to be vigilant, wash your hands. I know this sounds really stupid, but it actually works. Wash your hands. Do it often. When you wash your hands using soap for, what did I hear yesterday, about 15 seconds. So you're not just slapping soap on your hands and then carrying on. You've got to do it a lot. And maybe consider uh, your travels. Where are you going? Who are you going to be with? Or who are you going to be around? And what kind of COVID-19 exposure has that country or that location had? Decide that before you go. Dr. Raj Naik from Gunderson Lutheran, thanks for talking with us this morning. I hope that helps a few people. (sighs) 